The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Lots of questions still coming in. Yeah, someone says, Andrew, when you buy shares, you buy full ones, not 0.00.01 of a share. Little statements he made just don't commute. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't have $22,000 to throw in for one one Bitcoin, you can buy portions portions of a Bitcoin. That's what they're saying. Yeah. I I understand. I understand much better better. now. Yes. I'm not. I'm personally not on board. Yeah, I've got some friends who are seriously looking at at uh, spending some some money that way now. Again, I'm not you know remortgaging my house and taking mm-hmm. everything I have to put in there, but I'm like, if you're trying to <laughs> put some money here and there, I don't know. And you're okay with the possibility of losing it. Well, in but that's like with in anything. Any investment, you that's have like to with be, any investment. Yeah. Are you having a are you talking to an investing guy over? Um, Christmas, New Year's? Yes, I've got actually the president of Investor Services from ATB will be joining me uh, for the first hour of the first show when you're not here. And he's going to be talking. I'm going to have him walk us through, obviously, a more conventional investment strategy than... uh, than bitcoins, but I'm going to have them walk us through uh, what you should be doing as a parent, uh, what you should be doing as a young adult uh, starting out into the workplace, what you should be doing in your 30s, your 40s, and finally, nice. how to plan for retirement. So, and he's uh, he's a great guy. I'm told he's a young, enthusiastic, smart guy. We like them. Yeah, we like them a lot. So he'll be here in studio. That'll be, I think, the day after. Uh, we get back, so the 27th, 27th or okay. 28th, yeah. Alrighty, big night at uh, the Coliseum tonight. The last hockey game being played there. Uh, it is the St. Albert Saints. Or no, it's the Spruce Grove Saints and the Okotoke Oilers. There you go. Uh, Oilers, great number at 94. Ryan Smith joins us on the phone. Hey, Smitty. Hey, Jillian, how are you? Good, how are you today? Really good. Awesome. Get- I'm just actually driving on the Elwood and... This brings back some memories coming uh, closer to the stadium. So, well, it's uh, just like hockey. It's the opposite of hockey. You can't do it hands free, buddy. <laughs> just <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about this. It's uh, this uh, event has kind of uh, snuck up on us, and I don't mean the hockey game per se, but the the end of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about your event, what what does that mean to you? Um. You know, it's obviously bittersweet in the sense. Uh, you know, it, it, there's some it's some hard feelings. Obviously, uh, it's a historical building that's brought our community together, and there's no question that uh, from the entertainment side uh, of the hockey world, they, uh, you know, with the dynasties of the uh, the old Oilers of you know winning five Stanley Cups in this uh, in this rink, it's uh, pretty phenomenal and. Uh, you know, to see something like that go is kind of disappointing. In the same breath, uh, you know, I get, I, I get it, and I understand that. Uh, you know, there's there's always change in life, but um, when something like this means so much to the uh, to community of uh, of Edmonton, it's uh, it's so hard. I gotta ask you this, and I know you've probably been asked it uh, a couple of hundred times, Ryan, but because it is the day and it is the the final hockey game going to be played there tonight, is there is there one favorite memory 
of yours that stands out about being in that rink? Yeah, you know, uh, to zero in on one would be very hard, but I will say the 2006 run. Yeah. Uh, it was so electrifying, not only just one game, but the whole playoffs. The city had the buzz. Uh, the, the building was unbelievable. Uh, it's one of the loudest buildings I've ever played in. And, um, yeah, to zero in on one, that would be one that just sticks out in my brain. But, uh, I mean, I was when I was a kid, I came uh, and watched the 87-89 uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and that was Gretz's final game. And uh, I guess that's from the, the hockey side of it, but uh, mm-hmm. I've been to a few few concerts, and, <laughs> and uh, there's some great memories. Do you know, it's funny, when you talk about 2006, the two memories that jump into my mind immediately, and what a great run that was, oh my goodness. Every, with every round, I, I've said this before, I think the first round was against Detroit, and we won a game, and I thought, oh good, we're not going to get shut out. Uh, I, I really didn't see it going all the way to Carolina, I really didn't. But the two memories that jump out are Larocque scoring a goal that didn't really matter and jumping up uh, mm. on the glass, he was so damn happy he'd scored. <laughs> we're <laughs> afraid he's he going to go through the glass. Year, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I ended up getting that stick that he scored the goal with. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, I sold it at a charity auction, uh, and that's why he gave it to us. But uh, And then the Pronger uh, taking a shot and the puck hitting you. Do you remember? I'm sure oh. you remember that. Well, I think my my teeth are still stuck in the, uh, the cement or the, uh, the ice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you still came back out and finished that game. Yeah, it was uh, quite something. That was against San Jose in, yep. in Game Three, and if we lose that, we're down three nothing in the series, and we don't go to the Cup Finals. And uh, yeah, there's some great memories there for sure. Huh. Um, obviously, the farewell game for myself. Uh, you know, my last game as an Oiler and uh, in my in my NHL career, and say, saying goodbye to every uh, single fan. It just felt like I knew everybody, and mm-hmm. and, and it, it was so heartwarming for me and I'm very humbled the fact that this community embraces their their teams which is great but also they've embraced uh, myself and my family which is uh, uh, you know a huge blessing when you talk about that, I know we're we're going to talk about tonight and and uh, and about what's going on tonight and and how it's it's helping out six thirty Chad Santa's anonymous. Um, right now, I wanted to ask you this. Now that you kind of brought it up, you talk about uh, the community embracing the team and and some people talking about how difficult, how great it can be to play in Edmonton, but how difficult it can be be to play in Edmonton as well because you are under the microscope. Um, how much of a challenge was that um, for you guys during that time? And, and when you look at the current teams, has it changed that much? Or is it even more? Well, I think it's more for sure. It's magnified to another level with social media to, you know, that whole level of pictures. And, you know, you're, you're watched all the time. Uh, but saying that, I mean, you know, I grew up in it. And uh, I was more or less... Uh, um, you know, used to it, uh, <laughs> but but saying that, you know, there's time in a place for it. You know, there's some times where I just wish it was just my wife and and I having a nice dinner and without anybody bugging us or we're out with the family. But in all due respect, I'm under the limelight because of uh, of the game, the great game that's uh, that has helped myself and my family along this journey. So, um, yeah, I, I, you, there's give and take to everything for sure. 
You know, a couple of our listeners wanting to know the answer to this, and I, you're probably going to be as diplomatic as possible, but they're wondering what your take is on this season. Um, I will say it's a disappointment from last year for sure, especially with what uh, what they were able to accomplish. Um, you know, I, I don't even feel that they were too far off of getting close to the uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Uh, if they would have beaten Anaheim there, but you know, obviously dis- disappointing starts. But there's been some sporadic. Uh, uh, games in there that they've uh, put some nice strings of wins together, and then all of a sudden they lay a goose egg here and there. So yeah. those, I think, just trying to clean up the consistency in their game, and uh, as a as a whole, I'm sure they wanted in that locker room for sure. Um, you know, losing Cam Talbot for a little bit. Um, you know, Sakura is a big part of their back end core. Um, uh, you know, I honestly do believe him. Uh, like a guy like Matt Hendricks was uh, was a huge hole that uh, that has been missing not so much on the ice, and he would agree with that, but more so in that locker room. Huh. He's uh, he's a guy that uh, um, brings team together. Do you know? I'm sorry, I, I can't help but because how many opportunities do I have to ask uh, Ryan Smith a question? But <laughs> you know, when we talk about a single individual missing from a team. And somebody points it out, like, hey, that's a big hole that's not been filled, like you just mentioned. Or, you know, when we lost, you know, Toronto has Austin Matthews out for a game or whatever. Does it really come down to a single player? Because the other side of the argument is, well, the rest of the team has to step up and and they have to fill that void. But from your experience as an NHLer, does removing a single player just so upset the balance of a team that that it can cause them... To go into a losing streak? Well, it disrupts it a bit. I mean, it's like a, a puzzle. And if you don't have those two or three pieces left, you're not going to finish the puzzle. And, you know, that's part of the GM's job as far as orchestrating the best pieces to fit in those, in those places. And, uh, you know, um, those are tough tasks as GMs, but that's part of uh, the business. And being magnified here in a Canadian market, you know, you're under the microscope uh, uh, every, you know, every day, and uh, you know, there's winning and there's misery. Uh, <laughs> 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 Ryan Smith joining us on the phone this afternoon. We've run out of uh, time for me to ask you to define uh, goalie interference, so we'll just move <laughs> <laughs> and high stick. Let's add that what a high stick looks like after a video review. But let's uh, tell let's us move about to the uh, really what, what's being uh, called the farewell weekend at uh, at the Coliseum, uh, the game tonight between the Saints and uh, the Oilers. Uh, things are getting ready to kick off in a few hours. Ryan, tell us what's going to shake down. Yeah, um, the Okotoko Oilers uh, are coming into town, and uh, obviously AJHL hockey has uh, um, put themselves on the map, and it's it's growing for sure. And a uh, game at uh, the Coliseum is pretty special. Uh, doors open at 5 30, 7 o'clock game. Uh, there's two charities involved. Uh, you mentioned the one, Santa's Lawyer, uh, Spruce Grove Canats is the other one, and it's a free event. And uh, Fifty-seven hundred people is the 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 best attendance record in the AJHL, and it was an outdoor game at Fort Murray, mm. and we had thirty-seven as of yesterday. So mm. I hope we can bump that and hopefully surpass that, and 
make some history uh, in the makings. Uh, nice. You're, of course, uh, part owner of the Spruce Grove uh, Saints Junior Hockey Team. You're not still playing uh, seniors, are you? Uh, no, no. After that, uh, After that, that hit, hit yeah. last year, you know, yeah. I've, uh, I've put my resources in else, uh, other positions right now. And will Northlands have their concessions open? I mean, is this going to be something where I can buy a burger and drink a beer? Yeah, absolutely. Popcorn's fresh. Like Mr. Tim Reed, it's uh, popcorn's fresh. <laughs> Beer's cold. And... Uh, yeah, hot dogs and hamburgers will be hot. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to a great journal. That sounds stuff. great. And then tomorrow there's a pancake breakfast starting at 9 o'clock. Tour of the buildings, free skating. On Sunday, they're going to say goodbye to the Coliseum with an Aboriginal round dance as well. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for um, being uh, so gracious with your time over the past couple of weeks, uh, dialing us up when we text you to say, okay, now's the time, Ryan, yeah. and yeah. Uh, to, to tell us what's happening. And again, uh, thank you for your support as well of uh, 630 Ched's uh, Santa's Anonymous through this event. We well, appreciate it. Not you, but for the organization. If I could add to that, Ryan, thanks for all those years, man. Yeah, That was some awesome. great hockey. Well, thanks for all your guys' support. Without you guys and the community, it wouldn't be a success. So thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Stacy, and the kids, Ryan. You as well. Take care now. Bye. 323, Ryan Smith, class act, enough says, says Mac, who just texted in. I, uh, I wanted to remind uh, Ryan of the only time we've met, but it would have gotten really awkward if he didn't remember it. And, you know, But it was out at uh, Yak Yaks when Yak Yaks was, uh, it's in Century Casino now, but when it was in Londonderry Mall. Okay. And he and, um, the, who's, they didn't go together, but the guy uh, used to be the captain of Iginla. Iginla Jerome. used to, Jerome Iginla used to go to the club all the time. Ryan Smith used to go to the club all the time. And they're very incognito. Like, they'd always wait for the show to be underway, and then they'd sort of zip in and sit at the back and zip back out again. But one night, one night they were, the crowd was sending up shots, as crowds sometimes do. I was on stage. And so Ryan asked to send up a shot, and they said that they couldn't. And I, I don't know, probably I'd had too many already. <laughs> so he just brought up a shot. Mm. But he stood at the edge of the stage. And I was only sort of aware of the fact that he was off to my right, uh, holding two shot glasses, I suppose one for me and one for him. And our doorman saw this guy standing by the stage. And so they went up to move him. <laughs> and it was just the funniest thing. Do you know how many NHLers have tried to move that guy when he's standing where he wants to stand? Like, you might as well let him do the shot. But yeah, very gracious guy. One of those guys uh, of the era where you would run in, like, who did we talk to the other day? Um, we talked to an ex-oiler the other day. Same sort of thing. Oh right? my gosh! Yeah, he you, was hilarious. You used to run into the Oilers all the time. Yeah, you just don't anymore, right? They're just more insulated from their fans. But you used to see them all the time. You still see Smitty around all the time. He goes to a lot of Oilers games. If you walk around the concourse, <laughs> you'll run into him at some point. Uh, this text just came in from Watasco and Ryan's a very special man. Helped our association in Stetler with donations, allowing kids to play at reduced rates for three years. Nice. Good job. Good job. Um, I mentioned uh, George LaRock and his stick. Yeah. So he used to get his stuff framed. He was constantly getting stuff framed and donating it. Uh, and he used to get it framed at Riverbend Art and Frame. And that's where yep. we used to get our stuff yep. framed for our charity, right? So we would 
always be asking Allie at Riverbend, hey, when Rock comes in, can you get him to sign this, can you get him to sign that? And he always would. So Allie would just put it out on the counter. And when he was paying for something, oh, there's a charity that wants to, whatever. And he would just like, while on his cell yeah. phone or whatever, he'd like autograph whatever needed to be autographed. But when he scored that goal with that stick, mm-hmm. um, he brought it in and Allie asked him, do you want this framed? And he was like, uh, give it to the guy who's raising the money for the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who you always make me sign something exactly. for. Yeah, that's how we ended up with the stick. Yeah, because he uh, he lived over Twilliger area for yeah. a while, and all I remember is the kids. Like, wasn't it full? Wasn't it full it was size? Toblerone. Full size Toblerones yeah. at Halloween, and like not the full size. Like, oh look, there's no, a Toblerone. Like, like the, the big, full, the big, right? The collectors, the one that you, the collect you kinda, the, yeah, exactly. You Enough chocolate to last you a lifetime, Toblerones. Oh, my niece loves those things. Huh. Dave, no, Dave Lumley? No. Wasn't Dave Lumley Yeah, it was that Lumley, we wasn't it? I feel bad that we don't remember. I know. And it was a great conversation, too. He was tons of fun. Yeah. We were talking about that uh, the big Oilers uh, event coming up in February, the the greatest team on That's right. Earth thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Lumley. Let's just say it was Lumley because it's going to bother us all afternoon. I'm going to go back and look in the archives all right, right now. All right, good thinking. 3.20. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Dave Hunter. Dave Hunter was who we had on the show. Not Dave Lumley. That's right, Dave, Dave Hunter. Hunter. We have had conversations D- yes. before with Dave Lumley, but it was uh, Dave Hunter. You asked about uh, the investment uh, services gentleman who I'm going to have on the show. Yes, sir. going to have him on for an hour. I'm going to encourage people, as I say, to uh, call in with their questions as well. Not about specific products. But he just, can't give you advice right, on right. where to put but your But just, cash. you know, general uh, yeah. general ideas of how to plan for uh, different phases in your life. And that uh, gentleman's name is Chris Turchansky. He's the president of ATB uh, Financial Investor Services. As I say, a young, very knowledgeable guy. But while we're on the topic and throwing out names, I'm also going to have Jesse Kupina and David Bowie. Can you believe that? Mm. David Bowie? Not the David Bowie. Well, um, that would be... That would be quite the get. Uh, David it's Christmas is, time. That's right. Be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> might come in and sing a song. Uh, Dave's the uh, owner of The Bend, where I like to go to. And Jesse, of course, is involved in the ownership of Social Central Hall and The Ranch. And the reason I want to have them in is for a bit of a roundtable to discuss um, tipping, minimum wage, uh, security, uh, laws governing uh, establishments like bars. We talk a lot about those kind of Mm -hmm. things on this show and a lot of people have very strong opinions about them but these are the guys who are who own the bars that have the staff that are living it day to day so i thought it might be an interesting conversation very cool um should just mention this we've heard it uh, throughout the news as well that uh, ucp uh, leader jason kenney uh won that by-election in calgary law heed last night over 70 it was what 71 percent of the vote not a surprise to in anyone a, in any way shape or form i thought it was odd that uh, the only surprise in that race for me personally was that liberal leader uh, david Kahn actually entered the race. It's it's sort of a gimme that the unelected leader of a party who runs in a by-election is going to get elected. It's odd that it would be odd that he did not. So is it testing the waters though? Is it testing the waters to see, you know, it might be testing. It might be jumping. Could get. No, I don't know if it's that. And 
uh, but in, 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 a, in a conservative stronghold as well. I think it's really more of an sense. opportunity for the liberals to get their platform out there and mm. an opportunity to possibly mm-hmm. debate uh, Kenny before he's actually in the House or in the um, legislature. No yeah. The NDs came in second with just over 16%. Yeah, the liberals with uh, about 9%. This was interesting, you know, um, Kenny saying. Um, in his speech afterwards, and mainly talking to Premier Notley, saying that, quote, I respect you, you're a committed and capable public service, we respect your office and we respect you, but we simply ask that you drop the politics of personal destruction, let's agree to disagree on the issues without being disagreeable, let's recognize that we're all in this for Alberta first. And I'm going to say to Kenny and everyone probably in politics right now, take a look in the mirror. Mm. Take, a, take a look in the mirror and... Um, when you're talking about dropping the politics of personal destruction, I think uh, the members of the UCP can do that as well. I think the uh, the NDs can do that. I think I think actually all um, politics is a lot of politics been a, right now. A dirty game, but it just seems a lot dirtier. It's lately. a lot dirtier over the past number of years, for sure. To me, uh, you know, I thought of this. Uh, when I read the the percentage this morning, seventy one percent, which by the way is. That's a that's, thrashing, well, you know. Yeah. It's never gone any other way, though, right? Right. So. I sort of saw it as the weigh-in before the fight, though. Nobody expects the fighter not to meet the weigh-in requirements. Like he's he's weighing in, <laughs> right? So it's a, as you said, a conservative stronghold. Uh, he ran in a very safe variety. Of course, he's going to get elected. So it was only a matter of what the percentage he, was going to be. He didn't have to put on the garbage bag and go in the sauna to no, try exactly. to get some of the extra weight off, right? So <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, never done that, by the way. The garbage bag? The garbage bag, yeah. I have. I know you have. (laughs) Before games? Yeah, absolutely. It's the worst. I I don't know that they still do that, but, uh, you know, running laps or whatever with the garbage bag on, I know it's terribly unhealthy and I would never get a child to do it now, but, and then you weigh in and then you just drink as much water as possible and try and get it back. Now, having said that, did cut water when I was, when I was doing the bodybuilding stuff. So yeah, you've couldn't drink for the mm-hmm. the 24th or whatever it was before or in some cases you had to measure your urine so whatever came out you were allowed to put back in but that was it really oh yeah it was I, a, it was a it was a crabby couple of days <laughs> let me tell you I, I would imagine I would hope and I would assume that things have changed since the days in which I actually actively participated in sport and maybe we're smarter now or maybe we just acknowledge that we always knew what the risks were uh, but now you know the light's been shone upon them but we would routinely, in both football and lacrosse, is the other game I played a lot, um, we would routinely have our trainer, who was a doctor, freeze uh, portions of our body to get rid of what really should be aches and pains that needed bed rest, right? So a dislocated shoulder, and you put it back in again, then they'd freeze up the shoulder for you. And I do recall one tournament I was in, I, I want to say it's the Founders Cup, I think it was Junior B lacrosse, uh, so it's a national tournament, and we went, and we were in contention, mm-hmm. uh, and I dislocated my shoulder. So they put it back in, uh, and then they kept giving me these needles because the, I kept feeling the pain. And when I finally said, I can't feel the pain anymore, and everybody's like, okay, great, I couldn't lift my arm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, problem number two. Yeah, what are we going to do with that <laughs> yeah. one? I did that in a volleyball uh, tournament when I was playing college ball in, in Ottawa, and I separated my shoulder. So I have this nasty habit of the joints popping out, mm. t- tearing everything and pulling 
popping back in. And I remember getting off the court and something was sprayed on my arm all the way around, all the way under and gave it five minutes and I went back in and played. But I'll tell you something. I remember when that freezing or when mm-hmm. freezing came out that night and just that dull, dull ache. And yeah, yeah we, we didn't make it into the next round. So I think we ended up into the next round in a hull. So, <laughs> you know, I hope, I hope this that helped a little bit, but yeah. oh my gosh, it was awful. Back then, and maybe this has not changed, but if you're on a team, you're an athlete, you want to compete, yeah. right? So should have known better. Yeah, you make bad decisions. Very and, bad. And coaches and, and managers sometimes help you make those bad decisions, or they used to. Um, but to this day, I can tell you every part of my body that was frozen up at one time or another because all the aches come back every time it rains. I, I feel my shoulder, my leg, my knee, uh, this finger. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's funny. And I don't know what these pills even were because I'm not, as you well know, Jalen, drug savvy, nor was I drug savvy back then. But in getting ready for the summer games, and that would have been lacrosse as well, we were, as a team, given these pills that uh, we would take, I think, about an hour before a game, and they would increase. You could feel your heart rate increase. You could feel caffeine. Yeah, maybe just pure caffeine. Yeah. And then at night, we were given pills to slow everything back yeah. down again so we could get some sleep. Right? Person downers, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, and it was the kind of thing where, and again, I hope things have changed. I do. Where you just didn't even tell your parents about that. No. Right? But um, you didn't question the coaches either. You didn't no. say no, you didn't want to take that because it was the coaches. Right. And they told you to take And you it. assume they've done their mm-hmm. due diligence and you don't want to be the guy on a team to refuse to do what the rest of the team is doing, right? Because that could... That could translate into less playing time or not playing at all. So we all did it. But I think about it now. Like, I take an energy drink, and I'm worried that I'm going to have a heart attack. And I realize I have, I'm much older and have a much weaker heart now. But that same sensation from an energy drink is what I used to feel. You yeah, just suddenly just feel all this energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we were dumb. What were we thinking? Well, we weren't. We were letting other people think yeah, for us, and that's yeah. that's the difference. And sooner or later, it's that, what's that whole saying? If I only knew, mm-hmm. if I knew then, then but I, I know knew now. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I go back to the bodybuilding days, and I say that over and over again. If I only knew. Mm-hmm. That and bitcoins. Well, I, I I know a little bit better now about Bitcoin, but I wish I knew about it about five years ago. <laughs> 348 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Uh, your Edmonton Oilers uh, lost uh, against the uh, Preds last night 4 nothing. Uh, they'll play again tomorrow uh, against the Wild. It's an afternoon game. It's an afternoon. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? We don't win afternoon games. Oh, okay. And then on Monday... December 18th, the Oilers taking on the Sharks. City Ford Faceoff show gets underway at 5.30, puck drop at 7. But of course, need to remind you or want to remind you, of course, 6.30 Chad Santa's Anonymous Delivery Day. It is delivery weekend tomorrow, December 16th. If we need both days, it'll be Saturday and Sunday. So if you want to be a part of that magic that is delivery day, you show up at the depot at 12122 68th Street Northwest. You need to make sure you have your license. You need to make sure you have your registration. Uh, Everything you need, santasanonymous.ca is the best place probably to find uh, what you need and uh, and go and have fun. Make it a little bit of a of um, of a 
of a family tradition. Mm-hmm. Start a new family tradition. And you know what? Talking about traditions, let's do this. We'll get you into the mood because I'm not sure we're going to get to do this again. But the longest-running radio feature in Canadian radio history is this. His hair was shoulder-length, his youthful face hid behind an abundance of shaggy beard. Over tight faded blue jeans and an old bulky knit, he had thrown his pride and joy, a sheepskin wrap. It had a hole in the center through which he put his head. It was without arms, fell front and back down past his waist to his mid-thigh, and it was gathered at the waist with a chain. His 68 Chevy moved slowly through the streets. It stopped, then started again, making a U-turn at the corner where the driver gazed through the darkness of the night to view the street markers. He was in unfamiliar territory. The houses were one room frame and most of them were bare of paint. Lights were few and glowed softly behind polythene which substituted for storm windows. Up one side of the deserted street, down the other, then on to the next block the old Chevy made its way. It stopped, and the door opened, and the young man with the long hair and the beard and the faded jeans and the sheepskin coat got out on the passenger side and walked to the gate of the house that was a duplicate of all those around it. He walked slowly up the walk, trying to see the house numbers through the dark. He read them. Satisfied that this was the place, he returned to his car, opened the trunk and removed two large brown shopping bags like they use in the supermarkets. He returned to the front door of the old house and knocked gently. No answer. He knocked again, then he heard the sound of children. The door opened and in a brief second, through the dim light inside, he saw poverty at Christmas time. The floor was bare. Three little children were playing there with an old cardboard box. The kitchen table was covered with tattered oil cloth and was surrounded by four bare wooden chairs. A double bed sat in one corner, sagging but neatly made, and a small electric stove sat against the wall. A young woman, perhaps in her late twenties, but looking tired and older than her years, came to the door, scooping up the smallest child as she did. The other child, who had opened the door, looked at the stranger outside, then stepped back, glancing quickly at her mother. Good evening, ma'am. These are guests for the little ones from Santa's Anonymous, the young man said. The mother looked a long moment at the long-haired, bearded youth with the outlandish sheepskin jacket. She took the two shopping bags filled with gaily wrapped Christmas gifts. She sat the baby down on the floor again and quickly looked at the bright display of parcels. Her eyes welled up with tears and she could bring herself to say only an almost inaudible thank you. You're welcome, ma'am, the youth said as he turned to go and have a very Merry Christmas. And then it happened. Just as his foot hit the top step of the old porch, as the door was about to close behind him, a small child's voice said, Mommy, was that Jesus? It hit Trip Hammerhart, 
and the young man stopped for the briefest moment. His chin dropped to his chest, and an almost overwhelming emotion swept through him. He walked slowly now to his ancient car, crawled in behind the wheel, sat there for a moment trying to get a deep breath. He wiped a tear off his bearded cheek and drove off into the night. It hadn't happened before. It might not ever happen again. But that small child in that small house on Maple Street gave this strange lad in the sheepskin coat the most beautiful Christmas gift he had ever received. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.